Hello, everybody. It is the 12th day in June. 12th day in January. And 6.55 p.m. Right on time. It's going to be a good show tonight to kick off this week. I've got some stuff from what was going on over the weekend. A lot of, um, a handful of really interesting Sometimes funny, sometimes pathetic uh, media reaction and interactions regarding all the the um, the indictment news that really came out on Friday. And then I think around 7.40 or so, 7.40, 7.45, I hope around 7.40, Rich Barris is going to call in with a, uh, a short little rant to take us to the top of the hour because he was on fire Friday night. And uh, I said, hey, Rich. I know. I, I was like, "Oh man, we, we we have like two more weeks, two and a half more weeks until Rich comes back for his Monday night spot." So I was like, "Hey, if you got ten to fifteen minutes to unload, uh, by all means, because especially with the Geraldo Rivera thing, Geraldo again. Well, not him again, but again, we heard it from somebody in a position like Geraldo." Um, floating this idea that what some people have tallied up as far as all of the jail time that would uh, come along with Trump receiving maximum sentences for everything is somewhere over 500 years. (laughs) 500 years. Where did we learn about something where there was a... Was it Israel that was giving out ridiculous... Um... Punishments for its sentences for shit like that. I forget what it was 500 plus years, but it would all go away at least for some of them if he just would not run in 2024 Anyway, I'm we'll just uh, we'll pull that up and We'll have ourselves a good time Other than that. I want to thank my sponsors. I want to thank blue monster prep Thank you, guys and gals. Go and check out BlueMonsterPrep.com. Use promo code FRANKLY. If you don't know where to start, call up Pat and Gina and do it. Do it. Get your gas masks. Get your seeds. Get your two-way radios. That's all I can say. They really sell themselves these days, and they're wonderful people, and they are Frankly's first. So by all means, go and become friends with them. They are good people to know in in a pinch, but even better people to know when the rest of the world isn't looking for supplies. That's why you have to prepare so that you're not uh, running for emergency stuff in an, in a time of emergency. That's the whole point there. Um, I have a few other announcements to make, but I can do that around the, the midway point. Let's jump into our calendar tonight. It's going to be you and I for the most part. Rich will stop by for a little bit. We will have a lot of time for calls in the second half. Tomorrow night we have a slightly shorter show because of band practice once again. So I will. Um, I have a couple of things that I want to bring up with you guys. Hopefully we can bring some good calls and um, have a good topic on hand. On Wednesday the 14th, John Doyle, he's going to be coming on. Among other things, we're going to be talking about, well, I'm going to be asking the question, where have the Indigo children gone? Has that spark been burned out of everybody? Well, well, there's a lot. There's a lot to bring up on Wednesday night with John Doyle. It's going to be great to catch up with him again. Uh, on the 15th, we've got the uh, third, three out of fourth, third out of fourth sessions 
for the book club. That's going to be terrific. But as far as what we're doing for the first part of June 15th, I have another couple of really great ideas. We'll see which ones uh, win out from now until then. All right, that's that. Next week, good stuff, a gang. Uh, no, I booked that one in the wrong place. We got an exorcist, by the way. That's for July. I'll tell you a little bit about that. He's not a, he's not a Roman Catholic, but still, uh, he'll be in studio because he's doing a little bit of a North American tour. And uh, this guy has appeared on Coast to Coast a few times, and he's, he's, uh, he's pretty interesting. So he'll be in studio that night. I'll tell you all about it. There's been some amazing... Uh, bookings going on. I'm booked into. I'm booking into August now, and I've got a few. I got one on for uh, October. Got a couple in for August. But July is really filling up, and I think you guys are going to love the variety because I'm excited about it. All right, into the grab bag we go. First one up is from the Daily Star. Well, no, that's not the Daily Star. It's a all the things I prepare for here when I, I get here at like 5.30 to start preparing for the 7 o'clock show. And I have all my stuff already written, written, prepared. So it's just a bad matter of stacking the media so I go into se in sequential order and there's a nice flow to things. And out of all the things I do, the one thing I almost always forget is that black screen to capture the, capture the other screen over here, the window grab. Unbelievable. The Daily Star, scammers can turn your profi profile picture into deep fake porn and blackmail you, the FBI warns. Which is, of course, what I, was, I don't think that anybody who is uh, conscious would disagree that out of everything that the, you, know, you could talk about AI art, you could talk about AI music, you can talk about AI research papers, you can talk about AI this and that, but you know that 90% of the AI, if not more, is going to be sexual in nature. And um, and they're saying that to watch out, all they need is a profile picture and somebody in your neighborhood can create uh, porn with you or something. If your social media photos, including your profile picture, are visible to the public, it might be time to check your privacy settings. Oh, it's over. It's over. All right. It might be time to just let it go. It's either you're leaving the internet or just let it go and let the let the cards fall where they may and just hope that whoever deep fakes you uh I don't know, respects you, puts you into the soft core stuff where there's always a well-placed uh vase with flowers in front of um in front of something. You know, <laughs> you know that? there's always just something sitting, standing in the way. Anyway, they're able to use AI image generators to take your photographs and create convincing images featuring your face. But that's not the weirdest thing or, or the more, more uh, destructive things. Um, I mean, it's, I, that, would be, that would suck for anybody, but still. Um, listen to this, though. I was waiting until Bill Altman came on for this one, but it keeps resurfacing, and I wanted to bring it up. Can you trust your ears? AI voice scams rattle the U.S. Listen to this in particular. The voice on the phone seemed frighteningly real. An American mother heard her daughter sobbing before a man took over and demanded a ransom, but the girl was an AI clone, and the abduction was fake. 
The biggest peril of artificial intelligence, experts say, is its ability to demolish the boundaries between reality and fiction, handing cyber criminals a cheap and effective technology to propagate disinformation. In a new breed of scams that has rattled U.S. authorities, fraudsters are using strikingly convincing AI voice cloning tools widely available online to steal from people by impersonating family members. Help me, Mom. Please help me. Jennifer DiStefano, an Arizona-based mother, heard a voice saying on the other end of the line. DiStefano was 100% convinced it was her 15-year-old daughter in deep distress while away on a skiing trip. How fucked up is that? It was never a question of who, uh, who, who is this. It was completely her voice. It was the way that she would have cried, DiStefano told a local television station in April. I never doubted for one second it was her. The scammer who took the call, which came from another number unfamiliar to DiStefano, demanded up to $1 million. The AI-powered ruse was over within minutes when DiStefano established contact with her daughter, but the terrifying case now under police investigation underscored the potential for cyber criminals to misuse AI clones. And the grandparent scam. AI voice cloning, now almost indistinguishable from human speech, allows threat actors like scammers to extract information and funds from victims more effectively. A simple internet search yields a wide array of apps, many uh, available for free to create AI voices, sometimes only a few seconds of a person's real voice that can be easily stolen from content posted online. With a small audio sample, an AI voice clone can be used to leave voicemails and voice text. It can be even used in a live voice changer on phone calls. You remember, um, you remember how they, they calibrated uh, Sean Archer's voice with Caster Troy's in Face Off? That's how, they, that's how it's happening. The only thing that is not possible is the actual transplanting of the face. You know? All this stuff, the voice is, is crazy. And think about that. And what is done to the elderly is sick. Because I, I have firsthand, a, a firsthand um, experience with that. I have scammed so many elderly people. It's, no, no, I'm just kidding. I'm firsthand, no, it's not funny. Stop laughing. But, um... My grandmother, I, I think I told you this once before. Well, maybe I'll tell it again some other time because it, it just upsets me. But they got my little tiny things. We're talking about little things. Like th there was a period of time where my grandmother was writing $15 checks here and there. Little things. N nothing, but they, that's who they go after. And the fact that they're going to be able to r lay out artificial intelligence that sounds like a granddaughter or a grandson who maybe not be in distress, but maybe they're just like, they missed their bus. They're in a pickle some way. Can, can, you, can you wire me $200 to get home? Uh, whatever. Flat tire. That's the kind of stuff that is just probably going on as we speak. Just nuts. It really is. Um, this, is uh, this is almost as scary. This next... This next story, here's from the New York Post. Man dies after eating raw oysters sold at a Missouri seafood stand. Now, if you're a fan of oysters like I am, uh, this is terrible. This is really bad. I don't like the idea. That I don't like this happening. Why is this happening? Now, I understand that it's very common to be able to get a bad oyster. And knock on wood, I have never gotten a bad oyster. 
But because this has popped up and I had this conversation with my mother-in-law not too long ago, I, um, I think I'm going to take it easy with the oysters for a little bit, as much as I love them. A little bit of cocktail sauce. If there's no cocktail sauce, I'll just take the horseradish, uh, a little bit of lemon, and I can throw back 15 at a time easy. Easy. And they're uh, naturally high in zinc, I think. Zinc, a little bit of protein, natural aphrodisiac. Anyway, I, um, I read this. Health officials are warning shellfish lovers after uh, a man's death in Missouri has been linked to eating raw oysters sold from a St. Louis seafood stand. The 54-year-old man died after becoming infected by the bacteria Vibrio vulnificus, which can be carried by oysters and other shellfish, the St. Louis County Health Department said. Bacteria can be found in warm coastal waters, usually during the summer months. The victim, who was not, has not been identified by officials, had consumed raw oysters from the fruit stand and seafood on Manchester, Missouri, sometime in the past week, an investigation found. He was treated at an area hospital and died Thursday. County health officials said that they were notified about the case on Friday. Anyone who recently purchased oysters from the establishment should throw them away. Well, where is it? There's no evidence that the business did anything to contaminate the oysters, the county said. They were likely already contaminated when the establishment received them. All remaining oysters in the establishment were embargoed by health officials. Uh, Investigators attempted to determine the source of the oysters in question. The sea. You know, I was reading this, and I, and I started looking into some of this stuff, and I, and I found a couple of really interesting comments. I'll throw these out to you guys and gals, and perhaps I'll get a little bit... Uh... Mark Swan just said, never get seafood in a state that doesn't border an ocean, especially not in Missouri. Yeah, I would never do that either. And um, I, I've, gotten that, I've had that same comment said to me. I've heard that from people that live in the middle of the country. I mean, out here, even out here, I never get West Coast oysters. I only eat, well, first of all, I I never wanted the Fukushima poisoning. Especially after Fukushima, I was like, fuck that. I'm not having any oysters in the West Coast. But we're on the East Coast, so I always order East Coast oysters. Um, Just because I figure, hey, they're closer. Better to be closer. But here's some of the comments I got. Ready? Raw oysters are officially out of season right now. Eating raw oysters at this spot on the calendar, not necessarily in Missouri, but on the calendar, he says, they, they say, could put you in your grave. Once coastal waters heat up, you just got to say no to raw oysters. Now, fry oysters, fried oysters is another matter. Fry those babies up year-round, hell yeah. So so once it gets warm, so I guess you need to have oysters that are um, caught, harvested in the wintertime. Roy oysters will be back in season around November or so, depending on when those coastal waters drop below 65 degrees. Don't eat shellfish. Listen to this one. Don't eat shellfish in months without an R at the end of it. That's May, June, July, August. Don't eat shellfish. Wow. I mean, that is a... If there's something to this, that's a huge eating guideline. I just had a crab cake over the weekend. Um, okay, so I'm going to leave that with you guys and gals, and we'll see what comes back on the other end of it. There's also been a bridge collapse. I know, always happy news on, quite frankly. 
bridge collapse in Philadelphia to spark a major traffic disruption. So that's on I-95. It's uh, probably about 100 miles south of us or something like that. Or more. I forget what it is. But it's not too far. Us in Philadelphia, it's about a two-hour drive, two-and-a-half-hour drive. Uh, Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> thank, thank God he waited on this. Warned the I-95 bridge collapse in northeast Philadelphia would cause major disruption for regional transportation and commuters. It's not just about the commuters. Uh, it's um, obviously hundreds of thousands of cars a day on a busy day, but it's a major vessel for transporting all kinds of things up and down the east coast into the northeast and out of the northeast. So that's nutty. Just went down. What the hell? All right. Well, um, enough of that. I hope you guys and gals are all nice and relaxed, having a good time. We will be right back on the other side of the intro. It'll be some more news, a friend stopping by, thoughts thrown out there into the ether, and hopefully you guys and gals calling in afterwards. Don't go anywhere, okay? Be right back. What does this thing do? Oh, it cleans your balls. Oh, it cleans your balls? Where was that when I was in high school? Get it? I had dirty balls. Right. You get it? Where are you going? I had pubic lice. My balls are dirty and ice. <laughs> One ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! Shellfish in months without an R. Now, you can always have beef. Okay, so, welcome to the show. This is the official beginning. That was just a fake show. Nothing to do with Frank. And I'm glad that you guys are here. Now, there's, there is some, uh, I think some of the big, the most disturbing news from over the weekend is that uh, Ted Kaczynski's dead. Uncle Ted is dead. What has happened to him? He was found in his jail cell, dead at 81. The Harvard-educated, this is from the New York Post, the Harvard-educated mathematics professor who became known as the Unabomber after making 16 homemade bombs that killed three people terrible 
He's dead. According to the Federal Bureau of Prisons spokesperson, Kaczynski's body was discovered in his cell Saturday morning. Officials said he was 81. Also, a lot of, uh, a lot of things written about him and potential tie-ins to MKUltra. But his manifesto has been subject to conversation on shows like this a lot over the years. Because even though he went the, um, the dark route and he committed murder... Man, did he uh, he understand what was going on and, and how we were going down paths that, for which there was no returning with technology and the culture rot and everything else like that. Um, he had been in a maximum security facility in Colorado but was moved to a medical facility in North Carolina in December of 21 due to ill health. Kaczynski, who gave up promising career to live as a hermit in Montana cabin, went almost 20 years before finally being captured in 1996 and is considered to be the most prolific bomber in American history. The explosives he made, which he mailed or hand-delivered, also injured two dozen people. After his arrest, he confessed to committing 16 bombings between 1978 and 1995, permanently injuring several of his victims. To some, he was a folk hero for his pro-Ludite views and uh, ability to elude authorities for years. Kaczynski wrote 35,000 word anti-technology, anti-leftist manifesto, Industrial Society and Its Future, better known as the Unabomber Manifesto, which warned the world about how rapidly expanding technology would threaten and possibly ruin humans. That's where he had become, he has become almost say like a, uh, you know, a folk hero figure among many circles, of course, not because of the murder, but because at least in his diagnosing where things were going, he was uh, unbelievably based. Too bad he couldn't, uh, you know, channel his aggression into something a little bit more useful. He went and ruined his soul with the stain of murder. And, uh, oh well, choices, right? Ray Kurzweil, a principal engineer at Google and one of the world's foremost experts on AI or artificial intelligence, big transhuman OG, included a lengthy passage from the manifesto in his 2000 book, The Age of Spiritual Machines, When Computers Exceed Human Intelligence. But he didn't tell readers until the following page who the writer of the excerpt was. People who would agree... People who would agree with what he wrote until they turned the page and saw who wrote it, Kurzweil told the Post Saturday. See, that's what I'm talking about. That's why we we separate the the acts that put this man in prison for the rest of his life from you know the 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 objective words on paper, and it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty prophetic. He brought up issues we need to be concerned about, but of course he did it in completely the wrong way. He attacked people who were valid researchers, and for that he should forever be condemned. I mean, he sent bombs to computer computer repair shops. Like, wasn't like Radio Shack level computer repair shops? Not, we're not even talking about Skynet things. He's trying to go to the, the source of it all. The screed was written under the pseudonym FC, or Freedom Club, and was published in the Washington Post and the New York Times in 1995, effectively by force after his promise to cease the bombings if major publications printed it in its entirety. 
The publication of the manifesto was Kaczynski's undoing. His brother, David Kaczynski, now 73, and his wife, Linda Patrick, recognized his writing style and called the FBI. After a massive manhunt, you see, if, if, if AI, if ChatGPT were around, then all Ted Kaczynski would have to do is tell the AI exactly how to write the manifesto uh, in a writing style unlike my own. And wouldn't that have been ironic? After a massive manhunt, Kaczynski was captured by police in his small plywood and tar paper cabin in the woods outside of Lincoln, Montana. Quaint. The tiny home, smaller than the jail cell where he lived his final years, contained explosives, two finished bombs, and a coded diary. I guess no room for a refrigerator. That's just... Sad how things turn out, right? For everybody. For everybody. All right. Now let's get into some other things. I want to. I want to. I want to play a little media from over the weekend. Uh, this was pretty interesting. George Stephanopoulos, who's a an asshole with Lego man hair. I can't stand this man. He's one of many. One of many. He's on with Trump lawyer Jim Trusty, and he's trying to be a weasel that he is. And Jim Trusty's not letting him do it. You know, that's actually a great name for a lawyer. Trusty. I like that. Take a listen to this. Two minutes long. Stephanopoulos trying to be a little Clinton worm. ...have this conversation with him. He very quickly pivots to concern about the country. You know, it's not a real selfish analysis. It's this is a bad moment for our history. This is our country turning the corner. And as somebody that's been around criminal justice for over 30 years, I agree with them. It's, it's a Rubicon we shouldn't be crossing. But doesn't the president, don't you believe in the principle that no person is above the law? If the president committed the same crime that someone else did, shouldn't he be charged? Oh, you freak. I hate your, I hate your question because I hate you. And I know you don't believe it. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a gotcha. It's again holding people to standards that they themselves do not have. That is how these rules for radicals minions, these Solinsky minions, have been able to do so much so effectively because they know that to some degree they are up. Their opposition is trying to claw and grasp at some kind of a some kind of a standard that once was a, a sliver of a standard that once was whether it, it, whether it be rule of law stuff whether it be re- religious morality or anything like that they hold you they hold you to ideals and standards that they know will restrict you and in, in turn they do what they want because they have no stri- restrictions because they have no morality they have nothing that they cling to except self-advancement that's it it's their herd that is it. There is no solid ground. Where they stand today will be quicksand tomorrow. They'll be standing somewhere else. And you can't throw it at because it's not, it's not, it's not hypocrite. They're not hypocrites. This is just the modus operandi. This is the plan. You can't call somebody on a war, in a battlefield, you can't call somebody a hypocrite for not being, for not lining up and being somewhere else and, and, and playing unfair. It's a war. They don't give a shit. As long as they win, they don't care. That's the objective. So, you know, I stopped calling them hypocrites a long time ago. It's not hypocritical. This is just mind games. Because George Stephanopoulos is performing. 
in the president? Don't you believe in the principle that no person is above the law? If the president committed the same crime that someone else did, shouldn't he be charged? Fuck it. No person is below the law. That's really the issue here. I mean, you've got these investigations in Delaware that are a thousand times more serious by a sitting president who has authorized his DOJ to try to sink the candidacy of his prime opposition while that guy has unsecured documents that he stole out of a skiff dozens of years ago. So, look, you know, we're not talking what about some talking sort of about? favoritism. What are you talking about? Look at them. Look at look at Lego Man hair. Look at Lego Man hair. What are you talking about? It's the only that's the only play right here. The only play that Stephanopoulos have, has right here is to act indignant. His scoff, put on a punchable face, with his hair that does not move, could be in a hurricane, would not move. Lego Man. Let's listen. Look, you know, we're not talking what about are you some talking sort of about, sir? favoritism. What are you talking about? That is a ridiculous statement. Uh, there's this it's issue. Not ridiculous at all. <laughs> nice try. There's an issue that anyone that reads any newspapers would agree is a parallel track, which is the Delaware document scandal of Joe Biden, where there's a special counsel, Rob Herr, that's investigating it. You know that there were documents that were sensitive, that were marked classified, found in a garage near a Corvette that made their way through Chinatown, through the Penn Biden Center. There's 1,850 boxes that have never been fully looked at. At, at University of Delaware, you have the ultimate unclean hands of a current sitting president who had no declassification, had none of the protections of President Trump, and who literally had to have stolen stuff from a skiff. Even Dick Durbin has commented about how this was an outrageous possession of classified material by Vice President, at that point, Joe Biden. So that's what we're talking about. You can scoff and act like there's nothing to it, but the whole country knows the basic notion of unequal treatment and fairness, and that's what's at issue with this prosecution. Uh, hey, uh, George, do you know what he's talking about now? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Serious, serious. It, it, it's also, again, if you just want to hold this up about through any of the shit that we all lived together through, that we talked through, that we collected the pieces on, that we tried to speculate as to where this was all going and what the new scam was. Like in, in September of 2019, when all of a sudden we started hearing about a Russian, a, a, a phone call, Ukraine and Zelensky and uh, and Burisma and what was going on. There's something happening here. Uh, Trump is bullying someone. What, what's going on here? He's trying to take out his primary opposition. Now, they had to lie about Joe Biden being uh, Donald Trump's primary opposition. Okay. He, he was polling subterranean. Nobody wanted him until uh, nobody had a chance to, but to vote for him. So that was the first thing. And the second thing is we, we know exactly what was going on out there now. It was more of the kind of stuff that was found in his Delaware garage. A family business that's connected to a larger network of every family in Washington, D.C., regardless of their party affiliation, doing the same old shit. And when somebody gets a little bit close to anything too sensitive and they're not part of the country club then they get impeached and meanwhile while this is going on with the uh, the 500 years worth of indictments joe biden is uh, he's the one who <laughs> he's the one he's he's getting shielded he's just getting shielded and they and and the only thing that they have to do is to act like how what are you talking about 
Don't you dare try to bring this to my audience of absolutely stupid people. I have worked very hard, Mr. Trustee, to keep all the audience members of this ridiculous audience, this ridiculous, stupid audience that I hate so much, properly stupid. How dare you? So that was that. Stuff like this was going on all over the place. Oh, here's Brooke Boobs Baldwin. Um, Brooke Baldwin tried to tried to fact check who are these guys? Uh, Boris, Ep- uh, Boris Epstein Epstein senior advisor Trump campaign uh, and he goes on to talk I guess they're talking about double standards of law and all that stuff too and he brings up the fact that Hillary Clinton and it is not old news just like JFK is not old news okay it's not old news. It's very relevant. Just fucking deal with it and learn learn to uh, learn to actually defend it somehow instead of rolling your eyes and say, "Well, five years ago." It's not old news. It's very relevant. And he's talking about how uh, you know, as far as subpoenaed evidence and destruction of evidence, the the physical annihilation of blackberries. I mean, Robert Mueller was doing that. I mean, that was just that's common practice at the DOJ. This is at the State Department in particular, but at the DOJ, I mean, during the Russian investigation, they were all they were all destroying blackberry uh, blackberries at the FBI. So this is just common practice. They're all covering for each other. But this was amazing. They started they bring it up on CNN with Brooke Baldwin, and she tries to hush them and and uh, and getting a fact check, which doesn't work out very well for her, which is great because she's a bitch. They destroyed blackberries with hammers in the State Department. That's not what won the president. Actually, Evan, 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 hold on. Can you fact check that? Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, Evan Perez. Hammers, fact check that for me, please, on the fly. Yes, they did, Brooke. Look at her face. Stupid. Oh, my gosh. What are we going to do? Shut up, silly woman. That's right. I don't have my uh, my thing here, but I made it work. Oh, look at that face. Oh, Brooke. One day you'll be big time, Brooke. One day you'll be big time. Right now you're just a wig. Uh, <laughs> as you mentioned, there were. Is it? Oh, this is something. I okay. All right. I'll eat. I'll eat my shoe on that one. Is it? Okay. You son of a bitch. Why would you do that to me? She knows it is. Like she's learning something. She's disturbed. She hadn't known before. <laughs> Let's look at that face when she goes, is it? Is that? As, uh, <laughs> as you mentioned, there were uh, 13 devices, mobile devices, and five iPads that uh, the FBI said that, you know, in some way were used with, with her private email server. And they did, in some cases, just destroy them with hammers when they were done using them. She wants to just crawl back under the house. Like, a, like the Wicked Witch of the East. Have her toes just curl back and roll up. She said that's a she pretty good way of just her training. No, it's not. Advice. That is absolutely not following the rules and regulations of the State Department. You know it. Your 52 reasons just went down to one. No reasons left. They just... <laughs> oh, this is great. See, this is why they can't do they can't do stuff like this. They can't bring on good guests and. Uh, it, 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 at the very least, they have to make sure that there's like seven people versus one on any panel, so they can just get drowned out by the the. Uh, essentially the seagull, the seagull vo- voice from the Little Mermaid. 
That's what it is. And then there's this. Boy. Judge Janine. I'll give her, you know, I, I don't watch Fox, and this one just got around on, on Twitter and elsewhere. Four-minute clip. And she got her money's worth. i got to give it to her. Take a listen to this. Janine Pirro. <laughs> you know, I am so livid right now. I am furious. I have spent over three decades in a system that I believe in. I'm a believer. But today, I am no longer a believer. What you've got is a weaponized Department of Justice, Department of FBI, and CIA. We saw it from the time he came down that, that escalator. They started with the Russia collusion hoax, and we know that Hillary Clinton made it up. She even told a president, the Durham report, she told Biden and she told Obama she was going to do it to get rid of her email scandal. So what did they do? The FBI lied. They went to a FISA court judge. They lied three more times. They needed to get this guy. And then they see they violated the Fourth Amendment rights of one American and spied on a presidential candidate, and we now know it was all a hoax started by Hillary Clinton. But that wasn't enough. Then what we had is the FBI telling social media, you can expect that there's going to be Russian disinformation in the form of a Hunter Biden laptop. And that's when they interfered with the presidential election for the second time. And 51 CIA intelligence agents. So we've got the DOJ, the FBI, the CIA say, oh, this is Russian disinformation when we know damn well it wasn't Russian disinformation. And now what you've got is a loser prosecutor, Jack Smith, who's been slapped down by the United States Supreme Court in his in one of his prosecutions that if I were a lawyer I would give up my law license I'd be so embarrassed hiding under a rock he's the one who prosecuted John Edwards he's got a political agenda and this is all over a presidential records act which is a civil civil suit a civil issue and so what they do is they put out this narrative indictment oh this is a story of wrongdoing national defense and let's put in espionage we can kind of tie it into the Russian collusion. So people will say, oh, it could have been the Russians. This is nonsense. And I want to know how many documents were altered? How many documents were destroyed? Zero. Zero. But who destroyed 33,000 documents that she lied about over and over again? Hillary Clinton. She destroyed them. That was tampering with evidence. That was obstruction of justice. And did the DOJ, the FBI care? They didn't give a damn. But now they care. What are they so afraid of? Let him run for office. And if he loses, then that's the end of it. I hate a country that is akin to a third world country. This is a banana republic. When you indict one guy running for president and the guy who's doing it is some old geezer who says, you know what? I don't know anything about it. The day, by the way, the day that we finally get under threat of contempt of the head of the FBI, we finally get a 1023 from a credible FBI source, credible, $200,000 worth of credibility the FBI paid him, saying Joe took $5 million, Hunter took $5 million from Ukraine. And I'm not done yet. I'll tell you something else. This whole thing with Ukraine, why the heck is everybody going to Ukraine? Why do we put billions and billions and billions of dollars into Ukraine? What the heck is going on over there? Randy Weingarten going to check out education. And Joe Biden goes over there in January of 2018, and he says, if you don't get the prosecutor off that company where my son makes $80,000 a month, and if you don't get rid of him, I'm not going to give you the billion dollars that the United States promised you. Well, Joe, that's called 
pay to play. It's an organized criminal enterprise that we have as a president and his family. They should be ashamed and every American should be ashamed of what happened today. <laughs> it, 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 she probably went straight to Frankie and Johnny's afterwards and had herself a T-bone steak. Well, what are you going to add to that? I'm sure you can find something to add. I'm sure that our our uh, our buddy Rich Barris will be coming on in a couple of minutes to to close out the first hour with us. It's going to have plenty to add, and you can add whatever you want in the second half, because you know I want to I want to see what you guys are thinking. There's the real challenge here is if you're going to put your voice out and you're going to try to make sense of this, it's how much how much criminality. Do you, how much double standard and example thereof are you going to include? I mean, how, how much research are you going to do? This can, I mean, that was a four-minute rant, and it, it, it hit on so much. She could have stretched that to eight minutes. She could have stretched that to eight minutes. But yeah, but longer. Much longer. It's, uh, it's a big pile of shit. Now, that's a big pile of shit. Rich Barris went on. He uh, he he gave this on Friday night. I think it was Friday night, June eighth. Is that Friday night, or right right before? Hold on. Where do you say it? Uh, here. He said, "Now that the charade is over and we know Trump will be indicted federally, if the polls do not radically change, the Republican Party has a serious problem and will likely end up fractured." Oh yeah, the bots are out there right now. The bots are swarming big time. And the bots are saying, uh, you know, oh, come on, Trump's done. Trump's done. Enough of this. I voted for him twice, but enough of this. He's fucking done. Done in what way? Done in what way? I mean, he's got a noose around his throat right now, and they're trying to tighten and pull him off his horse, no doubt about it. But done in what way? This is not, this is not hurting anything as far it's it's. It's so coordinated, and so much of it is in, inhuman. It's just crazy. Let's take something Chris Christie said uh, to use as an explainer. When asked what he would do to win over Trump voters, he responded with contempt that he rejected the term because uh, Trump doesn't own them. He doesn't own the voters. No, he does not, Rich says. But only the political and ruling class doesn't understand that his connection to these voters is not about ownership. To explain, let's break down Trump voters into two broad categories. Mid to high propensity, that's number one. Mid to long term, rep to rep leaning uh, voters who hate their leaders and their own party because they betrayed them and failed them over and over again. Yeah, everybody got to remember. Uh, That's the one thing that I always found so uh, repugnant about the Republican Party always a fire is that uh they never understood or they never uh, remind themselves that it's not that people want to be voting republican that for so many different types of people there is no one else there's no one else there's nothing else out there that provides even an occasional opportunity for you to compete and to have somebody voice at least one opinion that you, you think would be better than everything. If, if, for example, Donald Trump in 2016, like I said, very narrow view of why I vote uh, on a, for president, presidents these days. Uh, what, what is hanging in the balance in the, uh, the Supreme Court? 
who is going to be able to take it to the media and um, and inspire something inside of the guts of people who can go out there and do things locally and really rejuvenate the country. I'm looking for somebody to inspire a little bit and to maybe give us some good judge uh, judges. Other than that, you know where I stand on most things. But um, you know, for for that, that 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 point, every once in a while, you had the other thing I was saying is when Donald Trump is running in 2016, I said. of what he's saying is 115% better than what's going on on the other end. And, um, and you, you gotta understand most people, most people don't like the Republican party. You can say the same thing about Democrats. They know all, well, whatever. There's a lot of people who are very content. There are those who think that it needs to go farther left. There are those who think that maybe it needs to moderate a little bit. I'm sure there are those out there. But uh, at that point, why not just become Republicans? I don't understand Democrats who are like, oh, well, why? Because you just like the name Democrat? A Republican now is like a Democrat from, I don't know, not too long ago, to be honest. But let's take up a call with the guy who wrote the opinion himself. Because Rich is stopping by for a, a short little uh, doodad with me. What's going on, Rich? You there? Oh, there we are. I hear you. Oh, you can? Oh, you oh, you're going well, you're going with the mic from above now. You got the boom, huh? <laughs> the boom stick, baby. Wow. Here comes the boom. Well, okay, so listen, I, I was just starting to get to your to your thread from the the 8th. Um and then of course there was I mean, you just went off on a lot. You, you went off on Geraldo. I want to talk about all that stuff. Uh just give it to me straight since the uh, the weekend has concluded and we're you you've been able to uh, take in a lot of media, you've been able to talk to voters in whatever way that you're you're always uh scanning for opinions and sentiments. Uh, what do you think about uh what do you think about the next phase in this war because that's really what it is. It's not an election. Yeah, you know, I, what I was doing going into this weekend was looking to see if there were signs of um, really what I'm like breaking down as uh, fear, right? So this anti-Trump uh, sentiment that's in parts of the Republican Party, I really have found, Frank, that it's driven in large part by fear. And whether they know it, it's conscious or not. And I think that um, the administrative state and Biden, they know that. And so ultimately what this comes down to is you'll hear people see, you know, you'll hear people say all the time, well, you know, we won't get all the drama with Trump, right? A lot of the DeSantis voters. And what they really mean by that, if they're being honest with themselves, is that Democrats will go easier on them, right? And that is, of course, a delusion, but it's one that people want to tell themselves. So as going into the weekend, I'm like, well, here's a federal indictment now, all right? And what they're indicting him on. I have indicted him on, you know, he could spend the rest of his natural life in prison, in a federal prison. What, how are voters going to react to this? And when we started to put up, and by the way, anytime the president retreats or reposts something you put out, it's always nonsense for hours and hours until inevitably someone else comes out to conclude the same. And even the IBD tip poll that came out today, I mean, they, they said his lead is insurmountable. With the indictment, everything. You're just, at least of na- as of now still, these people have hardened their views, and if uh, people, you know, that, that thread really said a lot, but the bottom line is, Frank, it really comes down to this. He did not abandon them. He never abandoned them. And now it doesn't matter 
they view this as his time of need. And because he gave up so much for them to defend them, to stand uh, for, up for them when nobody else would, then they're not going to leave him. It's not going to happen. I'm telling you, if this isn't going to do it, I don't know what else they could do other than just, you know, indicting, indicting, indicting and hoping the pressure mounts. And the, the problem that non-Trump people have in this race is that Trump's favorability is bigger than his current support. And I think the CBS News poll, above all else, should have been a big slap to the face to some of these people. It's 61% or a little bit over whatever it was, 61, 62, chose him as when they asked who you're going to vote for. But if you really look through the poll, it's a lot closer to us. His ceiling is really like 85. And every time they do something, whenever it's starting to get obvious that it was a strategy to have him indicted, that's why these people are like delusionally in this race. They needed him to be indicted. They wanted him indicted. Asa Hutchinson comes out and says, you know, he's got to drop out. DeSantis puts out a statement that says, this is horrible. That's why you should vote for me. Um, that's stupid. So it's like they're in this box. And every time they try to make traction with the voters, they just wind up pissing them off even more and pushing them to Trump even more. The answer, the only correct answer, Frank, for 85, 90% of the Republican Party is how dare you? And every they want every candidate down in Miami with him, you know, basically locking arms like a civil rights movement. They don't want their own ambition to be put before what this means for the country. And Geraldo and people like that piss me off because they don't talk to these voters. They don't even know these people. They live in a tiny ass little bubble. This is about voter sovereignty and the right of the voter to choose who leads them and that's the way these voters see it oh and, and these it, voters it, see it as uh, an assault on them in particular you know, so in particular rich about that there too because i have questions about uh, a couple things that popped up along the way with what you were just saying there but wh when you talk about Geraldo rivera who is pretty much saying the same thing that rachel maddow said uh, with lawrence right. o'donnell the other day this this idea that has been now floated in a big big public way more than once oh, yeah. uh you know why don't you make a trade you know as long as he doesn't run in 2024 he'll get a pardon as if it wasn't clear enough of what was driving this before i saw that they they, they tallied up over 500 years worth of maximum prison time for the for for anything any legitimate crimes to have been committed that warrants 500 years of imprisonment to just go away if a person doesn't run for office is hilarious it's hilarious how some of them are, are willing to admit how frivolous this is but it's so serious in the attempt to make him uh, walk away now uh, yes. there are people out there who say um, well, you know, his poll numbers only went up with the Alvin Bragg thing. Uh, his poll numbers only go up when he when he goes side. You know, he he faces off with Chris Christie. We he goes off against this one and that one. Some people think that this is uh, he's been made into a Pied Piper candidate again. That this is not really uh, meant to really put him in jail or take him off the the campaign trail. That uh, they actually want him to be the candidate so that he can be law. I I don't know. That's I. I yeah. For for all the for all the talk about 5D chess, there's yeah. a lot of 5D chess being played by people out there. I think this is a real attempt to to destroy his it's life. Real. Yeah, it's absolutely real. They're fighting for their lives. Let me put an end to that. 
they're not afraid of Ron DeSantis. Joe Biden would stomp on Ron DeSantis. He would get crushed in a general election. The only people, listen, this is not just me, for months, six months more now, Democratic strategists have been looking at certain things that are going on with the electorate only with Donald Trump. The move from non-white voters is more pronounced than they ever thought it was going to be. It's now broken into young demographics they never thought they would lose. The underclass they thought totally relied on them apparently doesn't and wants to vote for somebody else. But they these are people who don't like Republicans. And they don't really like politicians in general. If they go out and vote, many of them, most of them go out and vote for the Democrats because they feel that Democrats can give them something. They don't like what's happening with the, you know, the woke stuff, but to them, Frank, it's like Republicans are not any better. They're just full of crap. That's the way they view them. And Donald Trump is separate. He's different from, even though there's an R after his last name, they don't view him like that. Joe Biden is a great article in Politico about a month and a half ago. They're not worried about Mike Pence. They're not worried about Ron DeSantis. They're going to bury Ron DeSantis under his votes to destroy Social Security and his support for a six-month abortion ban. He's done. He's a DOA candidate in the Rust Belt. He could never win those states. They're worried about Donald Trump, who even though he didn't bank a single significant state where there was significant early vote, was able to muster over 70 million Election Day votes. They're worried about a man like that. They're not worried about some generic cookie cutter replacement candidate because to them, and I hate to say it, but George Soros said it best, if some way we could make it look like Ron DeSantis was the candidate who helped us or played this like placeholder, then we win because Trump wouldn't, we're not, we, we're not gonna face Trump, which we don't wanna do, and Trump voters are never gonna vote for somebody they feel betrayed him, so they'll stay home. So we win either way. So I hate to say it, but George Soros actually put it the best. This idea that, you know, people are floating, oh, this is just to get him the nomination. These are coming from the same people who literally, uh, what, two months ago, were, were on Twitter saying that Donald Trump is lying about being indicted, that it's a fundraising scheme. I mean, these people, dude, they don't really live in this world. They live in like the, the Twitter influencer, I think I'm a campaign strategist world. It's a joke. Right. The nobody, they, and they know no Democratic strategists. They know no Democratic pollsters. They don't know the first thing about their world. Those people are afraid of Donald Trump and they indicted him because they're looking at the numbers and they're thinking, this is now about my survival. So I'm gonna cross the Rubicon and I'm gonna indict him on any frivolous thing I can in order to stop him. They know that it's gonna help him with Republicans, at least right now. They know that there's a risk that that will bolster his support and harden his support. But their main goal is not to hurt him with, with politically. Their main goal is to chase him out, make him go away, or if not, to indict him with something, get a conviction that is able to remove him from the ballot which is what's next. So everybody better understand something about insurrection is next because using charges like that, that's when you get into the, and even by the way, what they did here, when they didn't do the Presidential Records Act, it's not criminal, they used espionage because now they can use that and the January 6th to make a case that he does in fact violate, uh, you know, or his potential candidacy could violate articles of the constitution where you, you they could pretty much bully governors to have them removed from the ballot. And by the way, look at all the backstabbing 
Look at all the betrayal. They'll do it, Frank. They're cowards who are trying, who want to survive themselves. They're just politicians. You know, they're not um, fighters, and w which is why, you know, another reason why they stand with Trump. These voters stand with him and can't get, you know, you can't budge him. It's because they remember what you were just reading before I came on. Mitt Romney's our guy. John McCain's our guy. You can only go with John Boehner. He's a consensus guy. We have to pick Paul Ryan as the speaker. They're a consensus. And then he's the only one who can, you know, rally a consensus to get the votes. And every single time they betray their voters. And if you look at the polling, it's really clear. Republican voters and Republican leading voters hate their own party. They hate their own leaders. That's not true of Democrats. Nancy Pelosi used to have this ugly, very unfavorable, unfavorable rating, and it came from Republicans and independents, but it didn't come from Democrats. They always circle the wagon. Why? Because for all the stuff about Nancy Pelosi that the middle and that Republicans don't like, they, she stays true to them, and she delivers the agenda that she promises when they're running in every election. Republicans don't. So that voter is never going to betray or forsake Donald Trump for what they remember before, which is really just empty promises and betrayal. And you know you what? Know, so you know, you know what, Rich? On, on that, because uh, I've had I've had conversations about this recently too, about what is it? Okay, well, well, why not? Why not DeSantis over Trump? If 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 what you're looking for is to get incrementally better chances of doing something, you know, you, you look at well, how uh, Trump is still not apologetic about things like the vaccines and this and that. And there's Ron DeSantis. Yeah, yeah, I know. Have the oldest World War II veteran alive in Florida. The very first day the Pfizer vaccine was available on the market, he had a whole spectacle with it on Fox and Friends. Six weeks later, the guy dropped dead. So this whole thing, like DeSantis is some uh, anti-COVID thing, is a joke. I lived in Florida through it. Nobody can tell me. My friends had businesses that went out because Ron DeSantis threatened to, to find them every time they opened the doors. This is a joke. March 20th, Trump said the cure cannot be worse than the disease. For months after that, Ron DeSantis was pulling liquor licenses or threatening to pull liquor license. Closing down the beaches for spring break. Don't come back. Maybe next year it'll be better. This is a scam. This is a reinvention. Was he one of the first ones to turn around? Yeah. But go ahead, finish with your point. I just, I, I, no, I, I know that I appreciate they're doing it. that as a strategy, but Frank, some of it is so dishonest. I, I have no, to I, I, I appreciate I it. it. What I'm, what I'm pretty much getting around to is that even, even during the four years that Trump was in, in, in office for his first term, uh, yeah. you know. I, I always said it. I hate the fact that we, you know, were not able to sit back and really uh, c uh, criticize the work that he does sometimes because nobody's perfect. But the whole yeah. point is that aside from everybody out there in the world being imperfect, there is there was something there is there's only intangibles with this with this situation. And especially the fact that there was only a certain amount of time of political viability for Donald Trump and the fact that he's, you know, there's, there's this connection between crowds and everything else. And if you understand what the media was doing, there's a little bit of intangible. Like my, my, I would have loved for him to have gotten nothing done but just made a fool of the media for four years. That would have been <laughs> fine for me. I, I actually voted yeah. for the monkey wrench. I said, I don't care if the, nothing happens, if all he does is veto. Now, he didn't veto nearly as much as I wanted him to. Me either. 
You know, Me so too. so I'm yeah, but these, these are the things. You know, I understand this stuff, and I, I, I there's a lot. I shake my head, but this is just. It's end of it's end game intangibles, and I don't look at very much beyond this because my personal views have all been turned inward to what a person can do locally to reinvigorate wherever the hell they are and capture some sort of a bubble of sanity for their family and their friends. Because yeah, I, ultimately, yeah. I write off I write off the federal government. So this is really just an intangibles thing for me. I'm writing it out, and uh, and, and that's really it. My um. My 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 bigger question for you though is, uh, well, I already asked the Pied Piper question. I guess I guess that's just really it. I, I I don't know. It's all, it's all something I can't even put my my finger on at this point. Um, well, I, let me put it this way though, for people who say that, you know, I love the other one is, oh, you know, well, he can't win a general election. He's literally won a general election. Wait, 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 right? wait, 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 no evidence that anyone in the race can win a general election in the electoral college other than Donald Trump. You just there is no, you know, I mean, it's ridiculous to suggest a Sun Belt Southern governor is going to run up the scoreboard in Michigan. Frank, you don't win Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin by winning the Bush coalition of 04 that doesn't even exist anymore. And most of whom are dead at this point now. You have to do it by winning these, how can I put it, uh, reluctant right-wingers. If they, they, you know, they're part of the reluctant right, what we call the reluctant right, but then also these other people that uh, could vote either way if and when they do vote, but they're largely detached from society now. They're disabled, and most of the time a lot of those people will go out and they'll vote for SSDI, you know, so it's I'm going to vote Democrat because I want to make sure government is is funded and we're not on brinksmanship, playing games with the, the debt ceiling. I mean, you know, they're voting in their own interests. Those groups are the ones that Democrats have been looking at getting peeled away, the unemployed and no longer working, right? Or uh, the working class young voter, the non-white, particularly Hispanic and black that are 45 and below, they're never gonna vote for another Republican because the, their attraction to him is not a Republican phenomenon. This is what people don't understand. And it, let me say this as clear as I possibly can. The only scenario in which a non-Trump candidate currently running for the Republican nomination right now could beat Joe Biden is if there was a massive decline in Democratic turnout. Massive. And that's not going to happen. They're going to harvest what they got to harvest, Frank, or what they think they got to harvest. You know, so we'll just go back to the days of 60 million votes for a Republican candidate, and they'll get you locked. Well, let me ask you, as soon as you started talking, you, you were talking about election potential and all that. You you brought back my uh, the bigger question. I guess the last question I'll ask you for tonight is, you know, and I only speak for myself, um, I, I don't believe that the 2020 election was on the up and up. I think that Donald Trump yeah. won, and I think he won by a lot. And uh, I'm not going to say f f because it was just one reason why. I think that there was a lot of shit both in the ether, in cyberspace, and on the ground that we're going on. And I will just say, I, I just want, I wonder, what has changed, because I, I look into what's going on state to state. We saw that the, the, the elections in Georgia, and Pennsylvania, and Arizona, there's no change in governor there, there's no change in what's yeah. going on through the legislature, there's no changes going on. My, I keep asking myself, what has changed for this reaction 
to be so relentless and so extreme. It makes me wonder what tools have been lost or can no longer be used from their war chest that they use in 2020 to yes. inject 81 million votes into this into Joe Biden like they would inject brine into Turkey. I, I mean, <laughs> like what? What what has been lost? Why this extreme? Yeah. Why this extreme behavior? I I don't un- understand. If they don't think that they can just cakewalk again, then then what? Why? What? Why this? Why all this? Well, uh, in some states, there. I mean, because there that is multifaceted. Because you really did bring it. It wasn't just one thing. I mean, everything from the the mechanics of how elections are run and how we like basically put a moratorium on election verification procedures in this country for the 2020 election. Um, there's that. Of course, there's that side of it. But also, Frank, there's the side of it. Like I've polled it. I know Rasmussen has for the New York Post and Miranda Devine and others. This issue with the election interference on behalf of the administrative state whether it's the fbi or others their credibility took a hit before 2020 but nothing like what it's going through right now so if there's another trying to another like scam attempt like joe biden didn't take a five million dollar bribe uh look these fbi and intel officials say so uh, that that wouldn't believe them anymore people would not believe them the way they did in 2020. um and there was also a big censorship situation that went on we're now able look youtube just changed their policies surrounding the election elon musk bought twitter you know, so they're not going to be able to hide certain stuff or mislead, misdirect the way they were able to in 2020. They're certainly going to try, but they have lost some of those tools. And then and then there's the election side of this where like Joe Lombardo in Nevada is clamping down on a lot of that stuff. He's not even done, nearly done yet, but uh, they're not going to have it in as easy of a time, you know, doing what they did in uh, Clark County, for instance. They couldn't even do it in 2022 at Laxalt as much as they would like to. Uh, Laxalt just lost because his campaign was run badly, um, and he did not get out the vote where he needed it to get it out. It was just the centerpiece of an NBC News article about how Republican firms are, have been scamming candidates for years and basically defrauding them and telling them they did this to knock on doors, they did this to get out the vote, and in the end of the day, Frank, they're not, and their data sucks to begin with. But even if they did, they wouldn't. They they were lying to Adam Laxalt about how many doors. One guy said, "Oh yeah, we had 200 doors today," and he was in Caesar's Palace, bro. I mean, it's ridiculous. The NBC News article is terrible, but. Then the, the election element to that also goes to Wisconsin and Georgia. They did have some stuff in Georgia. I would have loved to see a lot more, but um, they're not going to have all those tools. And indefinitely confined status in Wisconsin has been cracked down on, and they don't have COVID to be able to use it. People don't know what I'm talking about. Um, illegally, they allowed people to, do, to uh, declare indefinitely confined status in Wisconsin to be able to vote absentee. And that's nothing wrong with that. But only you know very few people do it every year because it's usually something older people or somebody who's you know as, as a legitimate problem uh claims this time there was like 180,000 of them in, in 2020 and that's because certain election supervisors clerks were telling people that it's okay to say coke to claim it for covid and that's not true so that's now done they can't that's one of the big that's a big one in wisconsin by the way pennsylvania is a you know what job if Trump's going to win, he's just got to win it beyond the margin. 
you know, of their shenanigans. And I got to tell you, he, I mean, he routinely performed uh, between 7 and 11 points better than Oz in our polling in 2022. So it is possible. Um, and I think, by the way, with some of the numbers that we're seeing now, Frank, I mean, the ABC poll, for crying out loud, that's not me. Trump plus 7? A Trump plus 7 in the popular vote is everything, man. It's everything. That's Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan. So I think that they are viewing this as we have lost some of these tools. We can't take any chances. He could mount this massive turnout because that's what he is. He's a turnout machine, and we just can't take those chances. So we have got to try to get him off the ballot. All right. Well, and well, then one, one here's the, here's the bigger question that I'm not only going to pose to you, but it's going to be the main question that I pose to the audience when they start calling in in the second half. I picked up this article from Steve Watson at Summit News, and it's uh, Trump. He's promising. He well, let's see here. Let me get uh, you up on the screen with me. Uh, he promises final battle to demolish the deep state. During a speech in North Carolina this past weekend, yep. President Trump promised to demolish the deep state in a, what he called the final battle. Yeah. He said, with you at my side, we will demolish the deep state. We will expel the warmongers from our government. We will drive out the globalists. We will cast out the communists. We will throw off the sick political class that hates our country. I ask you this. Um, do you think that that is possible? And for him to make... Because for him to make an even valiant effort for that exact to do with would be needed for that exact thing, he would have to risk his he would have to risk death in ways I, that he's never never before. Yeah, he will put this would risk this would come as a, uh, a great risk to his you know personal well being life. Do you think? Do you think that at this his point, his presidential uh, nominee better be uh, very well thought out? Because it's going to have to be somebody that the deep state looks at and says, if Trump is no longer there and she or he, he or she uh, takes his place, is it going to bend? Is it going to you know help our position? If they look at whoever it is and conclude he picks some like consensus hack, and then listen, we were talking about this today, Barnes and I, on what are the odds? Anytime other presidents have tried to do what Donald Trump has done. Um, they were either, you know, uh, set up and removed from office or killed, executed. I mean, that's it. JFK was the last one to try to do this, and look what happened to him. And I can tell you that they they understand uh, this time just from conversations I've had. They they realized that the last time when they were getting in, they were trying to make people happy and bring the party together and bring people together. That was a stupid mistake that they really needed to have people lined up who knew the ins and outs of these agencies and knew how to destroy them. You know, so uh, you know, they have a plan this time for several of these agencies. And that that is the difference, and I should just leave the audience with this. That is the difference, and if you listen to a speech in Greensboro, you'll know that's the difference between Donald Trump and candidates, replacement candidates, B, C, D, E, whatever. They're talking about my administration would never let this happen, and we're going to reform the FBI and the Justice Department. There is no reforming these agencies, and that's the difference. You have Trump, who knows that a lot of these bureaus and agencies have outlasted their mission and their purpose. They're not really necessary anymore. All they do is serve as agents of corrupt political entities and are trying to self-perpetuate. Uh, and they pick, they're trying to pick winners and losers. They're trying to take your sovereignty away from you. This is the 
this is the question, Frank, when it comes to this indictment and everything. This is bigger than Donald Trump. It, in fact, always has been bigger than Donald Trump. When they deny Donald Trump attorney-client privilege, they have just set that precedent, and now they have denied you attorney-client privilege. When they're trying to take away your choices of whom you could vote for for president, they're, what they're really telling you is, we really are done with this charade. We run things. We don't want to be interrupted with you doing something like choosing your own president. So from now on, you're going to get a list of state-sponsored, state-approved candidates that you can vote for. Anybody else that we don't approve of is going to go to jail. Yep. And that's this is what is at stake, folks. It's over if their little plan succeeds. It's over. The Republic, all these cute little platitudes. And it could I'm be. Sick of hearing them. And it could be over. over. Your children's freedom is gone. Your grandchildren's freedom is gone. You squandered the gift that 250 years worth of other people have bestowed on us. You squandered it away. And I believe you, Jefferson, was right. The government you elect is the government you deserve. You let this happen. I let this happen. And we all have to take responsibility for this. But now it's time to wake up because this is endgame. Yes, it is. That's it goes a, no further. Than I, I wonder. Yeah, I wonder because you know, he, he, even if he gets in, um, that doesn't mean that we win. The start it, of the it, fight. Of it's, it's it, you know. It's right. it, but there, right. but outside of that, outside of that, there is no. Um, there really is only uh, hunker down and and uh, and take care of what you can locally and try to work on that national divorce that we've been talking about for so long. And uh, th- that would be the, the, the best way to, to send a message. And then you would really start seeing the fireworks. I can't wait to see how the federal government uh, reacts, re- reacts <laughs> to states that say, no, thank you. Oh, you're going to take our highway money? That's okay. We, we've already figured some things out in our budget. We don't need this. We'll yeah. make it work. We'll make it work. I can't wait. Yeah, that's when it'll, that's when the protests, that's when the color revolutions really start. But Rich, thank you for everything for coming on here. Short notice. I, I look forward to our official um, end of the month, uh, g- you know, gathering. And uh, I hope that people go and check you out on locals dot peoplespundit dot com, right? Peoplespundit dot locals dot com. Peoplespundit dot locals dot com. Yes. Close enough, brother. Well, I'll right. see you soon for yes. our uh, monthly update. I can't wait. I can't wait. Thanks for making time tonight, and have a good night. All the best, brother. All right. Take care. You too. See ya. There you go, ladies and gents. Rich jumped in and jumped out. It's 8.09. I'm taking a break. When we come back, it's your time for calls. I have some other things on my mind that we can throw into the mix, and this is how we're going to be doing our Monday night. And then... Um, and then who knows? Who knows what, what kind of opportunities we are afforded for the rest of the week to do other things and really stretch all legs. But for now, this seems like we can, um, we can make some good use of the topic. So I'll talk to you in just a second. We're going to take a quick break for intermission. It's intermission time, folks. Time out to press the like button. Thank you.
Transmission. Quite frankly. 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 It's good to have you back. Let's let's get into the super chats, and then we'll also open up the lines for some calls. That is 914-200-0269. So call in, and in the meantime, we're going to go to your super chats. That's quite frankly superchat.com. It's the universal super chat. Wherever you're watching the 7 o'clock show, or even if it's afterwards... If you're listening to this at 2 in the morning and you want to send a super chat for the next day, go ahead and do it. That's quite frankly superchat.com. Christian and Christine says a little something to help. My husband and I love your show. Sending love from WNY. It's great to have you. Great to have you out there, Christine and Christian. Fantastic. Breacher7 says, Frank, I sent you an email with a poem my teenager wrote about the system. You talked about the next generation and red pilling. Well, my son is one of the most based teens you could meet. Anyway, here is my humble addition to you. Good sir. Well, I can't wait to see it. That's awesome to hear. And to end tonight, part of our... It's, it's going to be a different kind of a badass pick. It's, I think it's pretty badass. But it's a, it's a different kind of pick. Tomorrow's pick is going to be great. I can't wait. At least it's interesting, kind of fun. All right, over on Rumble, you can send Rumble rants, just like the old YouTube Super Chats. Good to have them back. So I encourage you all to use those Rumble rants. Freight Awakening says, Never heard of the no shellfish in months not ending with an R. Not even January? So you can only eat shrimp from September through December. If that catches on, I wouldn't want to be in the shellfish business. Yeah, I've never limited myself during those months. I've never limited myself. But then again, we're we're from the East Coast. So all the oysters I usually get are probably taken no more than five miles away. Um, Still... I don't know. I've just been lucky. And as much as I love oysters, every time I order a plate, I go, please, Jesus. 
I just want to get through this all right. And that is not a good mindset going into eating a dinner or an appetizer. It's not a good mindset. The mindset. And afterwards to say, I had a bad oyster. Oh, I don't want that. I don't want that in my life. All right, let's see. Here's another one from 07JDog28. Says, hello, it's me. It's me from Memphis, Tennessee. Love you all. Thank you so much, Jay. It's good to have you out there. On QuiteFrankly.tv, remember we have Mystery Movie Monday tonight after this show concludes on QuiteFrankly.tv. Our um, Sunday night programming was great again last night. Um, Axapax says, Rule 34 strikes again. Jay Jewell says, George pulled a vapid Leslie Stahl obfuscation. I know. Yeah. Leslie Stahl off. Yeah. Yeah. No. Oh, no. No, Mr. President. No, that didn't happen. <laughs> no. I, Leslie Stahl is a... Ugh. I can't. I can't I can't marinate myself in these feelings. River Pike says Trump all the way US. Doug Simi, thank you. Texas for Trump says the judge was on fire. Frankly speaking, great show. Yeah, Janine Pirro was on fire. And then she went right to Frankie and Johnny's and had herself a steak. David Sloan says the best show on flat earth, quite frankly. Thank you. That's good to know. It's good to know I can compete. No matter what the shape of the earth is, I'll, I'm still competing. That's, that's all I want to know. All right. Let's take a call from Sand. Sand? Sand Creant? What's this? Sand? Is that your name? Yep. Hello. Uh, you can just call me JS Pop. It's easier. But, wait, wait, wait. But your, your first name is Sand? S-A-N-D? No, that's... Uh... That's actually part of my last name that comes up. Okay, gotcha. And it's a doozy. It's like 11 letters. So what do you want me to call you again? Uh, just call me J.S. Pop. J.S. Pop. It's great to have you on. So what's on your mind tonight? Uh, oh, well, I just, uh, I just wanted to talk about um, what happened in 2020 versus 2016, whereas in 2016... The overwhelming number of voters for Trump were able to overcome the cheat. And in 2020, they had adjusted and cheated, and it wasn't. And I wanted to know what Frank thought about that actually being a possibility of overcoming it again in 2024. Okay. Well, you're talking to Frank, by the way. I was, I was. Oh, hi. <laughs> yeah, I was think, I was thinking about. It. I was like, should I do this? I was like, no, no, no. It's too much time spent try, trying to mess with you. But um, I, you know, uh, th- that is a, a a pretty interesting way of looking at it. I mean, it's a basic way of looking at it to simplifies things. That I, I know quite a few people who thought the same thing. I mean, I, they they had they thought they had all the fixes in for 2016. Um, they had that that brick wall of ridiculous polling that showed Trump with a 3% probability of victory and and perhaps all of that really just blinded them to the fact that they don't have that big of an influence on society as they thought and then they had to readjust in 2020 but it was a gigantic the, the readjustment now is is so severe so um I, I can see that and like I said before and thank you thank you for the call JS I I um I 
I'm curious as to what, you know, it's not so much about metrics. Because when we watch elections like in 2020, there's a little something telling you that there's a shadow operation behind the scenes that runs its way through everything, including the judiciary and every, everybody just kind of knows what's going on. People who aren't a part of the planning just knows which uh, electric fences not to touch and to just play things easy and throw things out when you can. And then it's ground game and then it's, it's uh, you know, whatever. You know, the Ruby Freemans. It's, it's just a lot of different things. That's the shadow system. Somewhere inside of that, there needs to be some kind of progress report on how the shadow system is doing and where the vulnerabilities in that system are popping up. It's not that I think that someone like, you know, someone at the DNC is is, is analyzing Rich Barris's numbers, is analyzing ABC numbers, is analyzing Quinnipiac. They're looking at all of the, I mean, they are doing that. But it's more so, uh, you know, what kind of chinks in the armor do they have inside of the unseen system? And what would be an appropriate thing to do to ensure that they can overcome whatever kind of, uh, whatever kind of vulnerabilities they may have? That's what I always wonder about. It's the things that we can't diagnose on our own. I could bring Rich Barris on or anybody else who does polling, and we can talk about how real people are feeling and how they're being impacted by one candidate or another, by one world event or another, and then how they're responding to people's proposed, um, you know, uh, their their proposed ideas on how to deal with it. That's a very real world thing, but we're talking about the underworld. All right, this surface level witnessing of the indictments is just that it's just it's the it's underworld machinations that are coming up to the surface to play in the stage above but it's a reflection of all hands on deck somewhere in the underworld and we don't know why we don't know why because that's the that's the country that really um moves and shakes and every once in a while they slip up and 2016 happens so that's what I wonder, and it's really something I can't expect someone like Rich Barris to have a, a, a grasp on because none of us do. But, you know, the, with, with the severity of the pushback and the lengths to which they are going, it just tells me that things are not exactly as, uh, as kosher as they once were. But here, let me, let me pose this question to you again. Here's Trump at, uh, in North Carolina over the weekend. We are a failing nation. We are a nation in decline. And now these radical left lunatics want to interfere with our elections by using law enforcement. It's totally corrupt, and we can't let it happen. This is the final battle. With you at my side, we will demolish the deep state. We will expel the warmongers from our government. We will drive out the globalists. We will cast out the communists. We will throw off the sick political class that hates our country. We will roll out the fake news media. We will expose the rhinos for what they are. 
We will defeat Joe Biden and we will liberate America from these villains once and for all. We will liberate. We're going to liberate our country. So I'm going to ask you the question. Um, do you think that that is possible? Um, do you think that that is possible? And it's totally okay. You don't, you're not going to be, you're not going to, I'm not going to consider you a killjoy if you call in and say, I just, I don't see it. I don't see how it's possible, how one man can do it in four years, especially since he already had four. And, you know, the first, I, I'm right there with you. In the first four years, he, he was a major part. He was a major part of the reason why he found himself in a straitjacket down the home stretch. The people he was compelled to bring on, uh, the people he thought might have the best interests of the country in mind, all that stuff. Uh, he chose his straitjacket in a major way, and no person is is in any way, shape, or form perfect. But do you think that that is possible? I would love it for it to be. Uh, it would mean, I mean, again, like I told Rich, for him to make even a valiant effort to do that means that he would have to risk death. That this is just something he wants to be his legacy, and he's willing to to, to risk it all at that point. Because um, that's just where we're at. That's how serious it is. And I just wonder, um, do you believe that this is the final battle? And do you believe that Trump, who is, a net, who is now a known quantity, is capable of delivering that death blow? Despite all, because, you know, that's, that's it. Do you believe in... I'm, I'm asking you a question from, do you believe in his ability to... Um, to deliver righteous revenge. That's just really what it is. Because revenge, in his, in, from an objective standpoint, revenge is, um, is righteous. It is. I mean, but then again, it's not just him. The, because also remember what else I, what, I, what I always say, and you guys know to there too, is everything that is happening here is vicariously being done to us. I saw even Razor Fist over the weekend had said, he said this on June 10th, and it mirrors a lot that I say too. He says, everything that they're doing to Trump will be so much easier for them to do to you. Trump's rich, he's famous, and he's connected. Far too many aren't comprehending the full scope of what is occurring here. They simply aren't conditioned to think in these terms. Okay? That is the whole point. That is the whole point. There, uh, this is just about domination, and it's about a shot across the bow. And if this can be done to one person with all the world watching, then we, the shit heels, in their eyes, that's really it. So I'm wondering about his ability to be able to exact righteous revenge, which would be an objectively good thing. Here, let's take a call. Uh... 614, you're on the air. Who's this? Nope. 202, you're on the air. Who's this? I can't believe I made it through. There, here you are. Frank, Frank you're awesome. Let me take up. Hey, uh, I just want to thank you for keeping all of us sane for the last four years, at least. And, uh, I don't know. Did you get a chance to listen to any of 
Kyle Serafin's commentary on this? Uh, no, I, I haven't yet. Yeah, go back and listen to his podcast this morning because he's got some really important things I think that are being said by by him and by. Do you have? Do you, can you? Could you have one thing to share about it? I. Well, he he interviewed or they got on a Twitter Spaces last night with Reality Winner, who's the um, she's a military chick who got actually is the last person that went to jail for the for the uh, <clears throat> the. the I'm sorry, I can't remember the code section they've charged Trump under. It's all right. She she hates Trump, and she had a lot to say about the the fact that they basically have him dead to rights because it doesn't matter under the statute how they charge it. If they can get enough evidence, it, it, it takes away basically any ability for you to comment about why you did what you did. Okay, so I'll take a listen to, to Kyle Serafin's, uh, uh, his, his thing uh, from this morning. I'll take a listen to that. So real quick then, just to get back to the question that I posed the audience, do you think, uh, do you think that it is possible for Trump to do what he, uh, what he says that he's going to do, that he is going to be able to deliver this death blow in a final battle, or do you believe that there is no way that he's going to be able to overcome the lawfare? I, I think that there funneling him into a situation where there's going to be a real low level of security tomorrow. They know exactly where he's going to be. And if he doesn't survive the day or Judge Cannon doesn't survive the day, I wouldn't be surprised. Wait, wait, wait. You, you think that Trump is going to be killed tomorrow? I, I just think it's a setup. I, I think that that's at least a possibility. Dan Bongino thinks that Trump's in a lot of danger. Well, well, I guess we'll think we'll we're, we're less than 24 and, hours and, away, so I guess we'll see that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know okay. that they'll let him get that far. Well, thank you for that's the call. Well, it, it was great to have you on. I'm glad you got through, and uh, and send me that link uh, from from Kyle this morning if you can, and if especially if you have a timestamp, that makes things a lot easier for me these days. I don't have that much. Uh, extra time during the day but um but if if i get things with timestamps, that is just money so let's take a call from uh aaron what's going on aaron hey frank great to have you on i got just thank you thank you for taking my call i gotta tell you frank mm -hmm. um i when he said that in that speech this is the final battle I felt it. He knows. He knows. He, uh, and you know, my friend Andrew, who's experienced time travel and, and seeing back and forth through time, I believe that's true, and I know that he knows when it's going to happen. So, uh, well, you know, I think anybody in his position... Uh, anybody who's been able to see it and and be uh, and have the the crosshairs focused solely on him. I mean, look at the way we all talk, and we dig deep into the into the, uh, the the footnotes of history, and we we ask questions that sometimes are are verboten, should never be asked. You know, we do all those things, and and that is without 
the the heat really coming down on us i'd have to imagine you know despite you could say just campaign rhetoric and all that stuff but it, this is a i really do believe it's it's very personal he's got to he's got to feel real about it and at this point running for president might just be a survival mechanism it really just might just be about survival I, even though they're out they're out there talking about hey well uh, maybe the defense team can can trade can trade uh, freedom for not running and I, I don't know. I, I feel I feel like I, I I'm 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 inclined to believe that he knows the seriousness of the situation too. But that is all separate from what he would be able to do. And I think that is primarily dependent upon uh, upon who is standing behind him and what his cabinet would look like, because. That didn't uh, that 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 went uh, that went south real quick. It really did. It really went south real quick. The people that were around him. And, I mean, he went into the White House with Rince Priebus and those people around him. And of course, Mike Pence was not a uh, uh, did not work out very well. He was just a wallflower, but one that just made me feel uh, un- uneasy. So um, I don't know. Okay. Well, at least we're on on the same yeah. page with that. I think he understands well, the seriousness. Yeah, I also think that he could deliver retribution if given a chance, and he will if this evil plan doesn't work out tomorrow. But now, remember, Andrew's dad <clears throat> Andrew's dad talked to him about a month before he passed away. You're talking about Andrew Bashago, right? Yes, he knew when he was going to die. He also knew when Connie Chavez was going to die and told her so. She died on the same day he told her. So, uh, and there's another thing he says, you cannot change uh, destiny. You can't go forward or backward in time and change anything. You can only be part of it. So, so what do you I think? Really, uh, so, so you, um, uh, real quick before I, I move on to other callers, Aaron, you have, uh, the last caller said something about tomorrow being a, a, a really serious day for Trump, one that he's in a lot of danger. Is this something you heard as well? You're talking about tomorrow being a dangerous day as well. What, what, are, you, what are you saying about that? I'm not saying that I heard it. I said I felt it. And it, it's a very powerful feeling, and it just scares me. Um, yeah, I, uh, I have a sort of an intuitiveness when I see a missing person on TV, I know whether they're alive or dead. I always am right. How do you and know it that? Freaks me out. I don't know, and I don't want to know. I, I wish I didn't know. But how do you? But then you it's, don't. But then you. But 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 you can't know unless you find out. Like if you write that name down and you go and investigate yeah. your initial feeling, you can never know that for sure. How what your record's like. I know. Well. Okay. Well. So uh, I would watch TV, and I remember when they showed um, that smart girl that was abducted out of her bedroom, Elizabeth Smart, I yeah. think her name was, in California, and uh, she'd been gone for like a long time, and her 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 parents were were giving up on her and thinking she was dead. And I saw a picture on the screen of her, and I, I felt she's alive, she's alive. And then about a month later, she was rescued or she escaped. Um, That's good. Why? I'm telling you, it all when, whenever the thing is resolved, I'm always right, and it's, it's it's scary. I had a girlfriend who invited me over years ago. Her daughter came over for dinner. We had dinner together. 
very nice, nice gal. She showed us her graduation pictures. And when she opened it up, I got that feeling. And I thought, oh, good, this means this isn't right. I, I don't have this, this curse. Two weeks later, she was dead. She died in a car train accident. Your girlfriend or the daughter? The daughter. Jeez. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, there's two. Uh, well, you said you have a very powerful feeling tomorrow. That doesn't sound good. So hopefully, hopefully you're wrong. I, and I did uh, look up the date, and that's the date that Michael Jackson was exonerated from his uh, uh, sex crime trial. Well, as I said so before, Aaron, good thing. Uh, I'm hoping. Hoping everything works out tomorrow. Thank you for the call. That's uh, Aaron from TruthQuest. Uh, hoping everything works out tomorrow. But he said he doesn't feel too good about it. So if things work out okay, then I would take that as a much welcome loss on Aaron's record. And I will stand firm and say that you cannot say that you're always right on these things just because you got Elizabeth Smart right. You can't do that. That does not count. Okay, let's see here. Let's take a call from Lindsay. What's going on, Lindsay? Goodbye, Lindsay. Let's take a call from Cynthia. What's going on, Cynthia? Hi. Um, I, I love your show, Frank. Um, I walked often, and um, I just wanted to say that uh, I, I'm not going to be popular, but there's a lot of bad things about Trump. Oh, I know. I know that there's there's uh, there's not consensus on any of that. There's people who have voted for him once or twice, and now just are disgusted with what they what they got. Um, I, I understand. I understand. So my my question. I mean, it's, it's go ahead. No, no. My, well, you can say what you want, uh, but but just make sure you answer the question. Um, do you believe? Do you believe that uh, his assessment of the final battle situation is? is correct and if he did find a way to get into the white house again is it possible is it possible he would have the uh, the gumption the ability to deal any kind of a real damaging blow to um to the real issue no he's part of it go ahead ah uh, you know he's widening the agenda the vaccines my goodness gracious and um you know he wanted to use the military he, uh, he, you know, he pretended like he was against the shutdowns, but he presided over it. He opened up 5G. He's why he's furthering the agenda. He pushed remdesivir and ventilators, which killed my sister. Um, his cabinet. You were talking about his cabinet. Mm -hmm. The tax cuts. I mean, I, I there's probably more. I, I mean, and there's. A list like this for all of them, Obama, everybody, but Trump's one of them. He's furthering the agenda. Okay. I mean, I know, I, I know he did some good things, and I'm getting nervous. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. So Cynthia says no. It's not. Thank you so much for the call, Cynthia. It's great to have you on. Uh, Cynthia says no. It's not possible, and he's part of he's part of the situation. It's no. There's no. It's not. I mean, I I could, I could offer up some opinions on some of the things she said there uh always re remember i think that trump actually did way too much during the um during the pandemic but then again this is just this is just the the culture we have in in washington now the presidency has been imperial for over a, a century now 
you know, uh, remdesivir. You're talking about things that are 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 are, are a Fauci, are a Fauci uh, initiative. That's where the real money's being made there. And um, I don't know. I can also see how Trump is damned if you do, damned if you don't in those medical situations. What is he supposed to do? Make up his own? Then it'll be talked about he's practicing medicine without a license. Drag him out of the, out of the, uh, the White House. So he follows the advice of the people around him who happen to be snakes. And there you have it. Now, he's completely unapologetic about the vaccines, which is whatever. Whatever. That's on him. I don't know why anybody would would consider those things a miracle still to this day, but that's just what it's either he'll say that or he'll roll right, right over him. So, um, again, it just comes down to who is your, it's either you're not voting at all or you're just going to shift your vote to another imperfect person. So I, um, that's, that's what I say. Um, it's a, it's a hard, it's a hard situation and there, there are really no clear cut angelic personalities out there and that's really what this all is it's really just a matter of intangible right now is there anybody out there who isn't owned and if not then then this is all all put to put to bed nobody's voting all right let's take a call from paul what's going on paul uh actually it's dixie uh, who dixie dixie i hope paul is yes. well but it's great to have you on dixie Thank you. Um, I just wanted to give my opinion. Okay. Um, I'm very religious. I have listened to uh, all of Kim Clement's videos. I'm not sure if you're familiar with those. Yeah. Um, And I listen to a lot of prophets. Uh, I feel like Trump was ordained for this position. He was called. It was not... It, it was not just the military, it was divine intervention. And because of that, he has guardians all around him. Okay. He will, he will conquer this, he will finish it. Most of the um, swamp has been drained. I have heard that um, from another source that there's supposed to be 500 military around him tomorrow in the area uh seen or a seen or unseen if if there's a big military presence i guess we'll know that no i think it's there may be a combination um a small combination of seen but probably most uh undercover so this is uh so this is in the bag then uh as far as I'm concerned, yes. Okay. So then, Walt Dixie, thank you for that. I, I, I'm glad you called in after the, the last caller because now we're getting such a range of opinions. This is making it, <laughs> it, it it's, it's great. This is what I'm looking for. I'm glad I'm getting a range. Thank you so much, Dixie. It's great to hear from you. And send my best to Paul. Well, thank you. And thank you so much. I enjoy your show tremendously. And uh, please keep up the good work. Uh-huh. Um, this, is, this is my nightly entertainment. Well, you know, you're... Very sweet, and I'm I'm so happy that I have not um, I've not put you in an early grave with uh, since you're so religious and I'm so crude sometimes. So I am. I, I got a lot of crude people around me. It okay. Just rolls off my back. Okay. So th- I just so, so th- thank you for sticking with me, Dixie. It's great to hear from you. Thank you. All right. You well, have a good evening. You and too. Love to your family. Thank you. Same to you. All right. Two callers ago, no, no chance in hell. He's uh, he, he's part of it.
he's part of it, and he was pushing uh, ventilators. And um, and then we have ordained by God, and this is a done deal, and that's just he's protected, and this is just what we have have to go through. So that's a and then there is there's a little bit more middle muddle before that. So it's we're, we're covering the gamut here. I want to hear more from people. Uh, John, John, are you there? Um, this is not John, this is Chris. Chris, welcome. I hope John's doing well tonight, but go ahead, Chris. Uh, John's actually doing real well. He's walking the dog outside. Good for him. <laughs> Good for him. Well, I'm just mentioning this. Um, this happened before I knew anything about Donald Trump. Never followed him, and someone had shown me his handwriting, and I had done handwriting analysis for a long, long time. When I saw his signature particularly, I said, I don't know this person, but I can tell you one thing. He is connected to a higher power, God, divine source, whatever you want to call it, but he is definitely connected to divine realm. All from his signature? all from the signature. What, what was it? What was it? What was about the signature in particular that just made? Is this something you can't you can't uh, articulate? It, uh, what what about it? Or is there a certain kind of way that his uh, his his hand must have moved across the paper? Is it the I don't know? Is it the shape of the what was it? Well, it's a combination of all those things. Um, it's the totally vertical angle with which he writes. It's the lack of um, deception. It is very high-minded, um, integrity in it. Um, it. It's so hard to describe because there's so many elements in handwriting, but the pressure that he uh, seems to apply because you can tell it to a point. If I had it in my hand, I could tell it even better. Well, do you? Because do you, you have to. Do you uh, uh, analyze? The, do, have you have you spent time analyzing this stuff professionally, or was it a hobby, or is the, is this the first signature you ever looked at and had some kind of mes- oh, message? No, no. I <laughs> I've done handwriting analysis for about let's see, thirty five, forty years for police and pardon me for police or something. Um. I haven't done it with, like, a police. um, Only people that I know that are police will ask me. Okay. And I've had people in my family, in particular my one cousin, she was about to leave her husband to go with this friend of a friend, and I said, you're crazy. Your husband is the good guy, and this other fella, run away from him. Because of, no sig- because of the signatures? Yeah. Now we're, handwriting. So we're, Not just the signature. Is this the only thing that you have to, to judge a person by? Or are there other, like, do you have to wait until they sign the check at a restaurant before you know who they really are? <laughs> like, how, how, how do you catch a glimpse? <laughs> I, I, you know. Uh, well, the ideal specimen to analyze, which today is getting really difficult. <laughs> hardly anybody uses handwriting. <laughs> <coughs> yeah. Which really aggravates me. 
Uh, <laughs> but ideally, it is an unlined paper. It is, yeah, I can usually tell if they're in a comfortable, physical, comfortable position or not. Gotcha. Uh, but it's ideal if they're comfortable, like not like signing something uh, in midair with hardly anything behind it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Um, like if you're sitting down at a table, sitting down at a desk. And you're and it's got to be it's got to be ballpoint pen too. No fountain pens. I think ballpoint is very indicative. I think it's very responsive. You get the full ball. You get the side of the ball. Whatever that is, you you can just tell a lot about it. And the stationery yeah. is important too. But but listen, listen. I I I, uh, I would I would love to get more uh, analysis from you. But I have to take a really quick quick uh, either sure. a quick break or I want to bring a couple more on because I only have ten more minutes left. Is there any sure. so in conclusion? I'm going to give you 30 more seconds. In conclusion, mm-hmm. you believe, based on what you have seen from this man's uh, uh, handwriting, that mm-hmm. um, that there, there, there's something special writing on this. And you, what, what do you think the outcome is going to be? Well, outcome-wise, I don't know. But I would have to say, considering the divine nature that I see him connected to, mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't doubt if he isn't being protected. Um you know, some religions will say guardian angel, uh, spirits, uh, watching over you, whatever. But I would hope that is what's coming into play for him. I'd hate to see another assassination um, of any president or former president, because God knows what we went through with Kennedy being assassinated. Uh, I'll never forget that day. Um, but what really... Struck me so hard is I knew nothing about Donald Trump. Well, <laughs> I'm talking about this is before he's running. This is I, I didn't hear anything on TV. I didn't really even see him speaking. I think but, that I think Chris, what you got there is just one of those those things that from your gut. And thanks again for the call. It's wonderful to hear from sure. you. Email me. Email okay, me so. sometime. I think what you got right. is the ultimate example of gut. A gut feeling about something. And then when you saw the, the signature, that was all bets were off at that point. Let's take a, uh, a very quick break, come back, and uh, more from you guys to close this one out. How do you feel about Trump getting indicted again? Um, totally political. As black people, you know, we f- with Trump. I think it's a really big political play. And, you know, they're just trying to make sure he doesn't get reelected or even is able to run for election in the first place. Shit, I f- with Trump. I don't know what everybody got against him. Yo, he was making the breadwinners, you heard? If the election was tomorrow, would you vote for Trump or Biden? I'm going with Trump, you heard? I'm a Democrat too, but fuck it, we Trump. I eat babies. I eat them every night. I eat them with barbecue sauce. And I flew to the moon last night with a witch. And I took DMT with Easter bunnies. Now, now that's an example of being crazy. I mean, this is art. And I'm not saying what I do politically is art, but 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 everything is an art form. Mm. Oh, yeah, one more. Mm-hmm. 1776. Fuck it up. 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 Fuck Little girl? Yes, sir. I want you to do something very important, all right? 
I want you to run home, and I want you to call the ER of North Bank General Hospital, 932-1000. Tell them to set up OR6 immediately and contact anesthesiologist Isadora Turek, 472-2112, beep 12. Have them send an ambulance with a paramedic crew, light IV, D5 and W, KBO. You got it? That's good. Sounds like a subdural hematoma to me. Oh, it does, does it? Well, it's not your job to diagnose. But I thought... You thought, you thought, just go! Three years of nursery school, do you think you know it all? of nursery school you think you know it all it's June you gotta be listening to a lot of Sinatra a lot of smoky Sinatra alright who wants to have oysters with me oysters and maybe a little bit of amaretto and a cigar does that sound good okay it's done Let's see, 8.52. Let me make sure I have everything done over here. Great Monday, Frank, says Stostube. Always a pleasure to kick off the week properly with a quite frankly listen. The let, let the week of great independent media begin. Thank you so much, my friends. Thank you. It was great to see the, the sky was blue over the weekend again. Though the fires rage on. Lama Rama Lama says last night Robert Phoenix said that Trump is in danger and needs to make it through an astrological gauntlet for the next few months. I would not be surprised. Maybe I can get Robert on at some point. Got a short show tomorrow. Maybe he can stop by for 15. KT Sky D says hi from the beach, Frank. Oh, I heard that KT and uh, and a few others are out there in Myrtle Beach for the half extravaganza um, this is the first year in the last after the last two that uh, I was not able to go out to Myrtle Beach for the dark to light extravaganza but still there's a core group of people just enjoying themselves out there in South Carolina and I'm over here overseeing some major household renovations and stuff, so my mind is occupied anyway. If I were away this week, I would not be having a good time. I'd be FaceTiming with, uh, you know, friends and family at home to talk with contractors from 700 miles away. It worked out for the best, but I hope that everybody out there is having a really, really fantastic time. And I hope they're all group viewing, uh, quite frankly. Because that couldn't happen the last couple of years. I was out there. There was no, quite frankly. Now they have something to do at 7 o'clock. No. They got to enjoy themselves. All right. Thank you to Stostube, Ramalama, and KT. Over on Rumble, we've got another Rumble rant from Larkstar. Very, very nice of her, too. Um, Claire Sentience. 
is a psychic ability that involves perceiving or feeling what is not normally perceptible by the five standard senses. It is a combination of high-level discernment, spiritual knowing, and, and then it cuts off. Send me the rest of that in email, uh, Lark, because I don't want you to have to send another rumble rant just for that. You've already have spent enough. Captain Longboarder on Foxhole says, yes, Trump can do this. There is nobody else at this point. Final battle. A storm will be upon us. Boy, and we had a, a, a wide range of opinions tonight. That was nice to hear. Uh, let me see what else we have. Uh, Axopax, we did that. Pauly, we did that before, too. Okay, I'm going to release the scratch in for everybody. Here's what I'm going to leave you with. First an announcement, and then our then our badass. And then I invite you all to go to quitefrankly.tv for the rest of the evening's programming. Now, the first thing I want to announce is, is a little bit of an ins- a fun incentive. Lauren and I are, are coming up with these things together, and I really enjoy it. I'm looking for, I'm putting together an incentive for signups in July for people to become monthly sponsors of the show at any level. The Quite Frankly Sampler is for July. All new monthly subscribers on any platform, on any tier, from July 1st to July 31st. That's coming up in a little bit. I mean, I don't know why I'm saying it right now, but who knows, whatever. You're going to receive a sampling of the Quite Frankly tiers. It, uh, it'll be any combination of postcards and Polaroids and handwritten notes or a little bit of Aurora art, whatever it is. That's going to be for July. That's coming up. But for those of you right now who want to help me with a July promotional situation, those who would rather send just a contribution through PayPal, which is all found on the Sponsor Us page, um, all PayPal donations who attach their email address, or their, sorry, their mailing address to the note on, on the PayPal donation will receive a patriotic postcard in July. I'm writing a whole bunch more postcards out. And if you want to submit a design that you think that would be great for a patriotic postcard, if you designed it yourself, take a picture, whatever the hell it is you think it would be funny for us to take a picture, not funny, poignant, awesome, we'll take that, go and submit whatever your art submission for the the july postcard is into the frankly fan art on the gilded chat frankly fan art on the gilded chat and that is where you can put it we already had one submission in there i'd love to see a few more because we're taking all types of suggestions and we'll see if any of them win so we're going to be doing a lot of patriotic stuff in July. And I guess that first one, I'll just remind you in a couple of weeks. But um, by that time, we'll also have to raffle off the wonderful book that we're reading right now, which will be done. All right. Are you ready for this? I am. Here we go. What is our badass for the evening? You ask? Oh, I don't know. That's some badass shit. It's pretty badass. Yes, it is pretty badass. Now, as far as what it is, I got to say, I don't know who the badass is. We'll be able to ask that question afterwards. But it is something that was sent to me recently, I think has uh, just really hit the spot. And I think tonight in particular, it's pretty fitting. Now, this was an email that I got from uh, Vanessa. 
And this is not the first time that she has sent something in to me that has really hit at the right time and really hit all the right keys. She said, Frank, I was recently invited to sing the national anthem at a naturalization ceremony held at Abraham Lincoln's birthplace, National Historical Park in Kentucky. 49 citizens from 22 different countries pledged their allegiance to the United States at the ceremony. It brought me to tears, and I was so grateful to be able to witness the event. During the oath of allegiance, there was one man standing in front, in front from Nigeria. He stood tall and proud, his voice strong and clear. His gaze did not move. From the judge issuing the oath, he meant every word he was saying. It was so amazing to see the joy on every single face that received their certificate near the end as they walked through and shook the hands of all the officials and special guests and the family celebrating at the end of the congratulatory line, hugging and saying uh, to each other in broken English, you're American now. It took a lot not to start tearing up as I thought about my own heritage and my great-grandparents who had gone through the same process. The quote on the inside of the program summed it up beautifully. Uh, it, was, it was by George Magar Mardikian. He said this, You who have been born in America, I wish I could make you understand what it is like to not be an American to not have been an American all your life and then suddenly with the words of a man in flowing robes to be one for that moment and forever afterwards. One moment you belong with your fathers to a million dead yesterdays, the next you belong with America to a million unborn tomorrows. That's, that's beautiful. And she concludes by saying, we get caught up in our politics. It's hard to see the forest for the trees. But today I saw 49 new Americans born with all the hope and joy of children on Christmas Day. It renewed my faith in this country and everything it stands for, for those people who still hope, uh, who still hope enough to renounce the country of their birth to become what some of us were blessed to be all along. All the best, Vanessa. So I don't know who the badasses are in this. Is it Vanessa for showing up with something meaningful to ponder in a time of great need? Is it the 49 new Americans who are far more excited about the promise of this country than the wicked, salty twats at the DOJ and in the media? Well, whatever it is, and I think maybe they all are badasses, it felt good to read, and that is in itself pretty badass these days. So I thank you so much for the company tonight. And I hope to see many of you hanging out with us on QuiteFrankly.tv afterwards. And I hope to, uh, to welcome many of you as, as new monthly subscribers to the show. So um, thank you for all the support. And I look forward to hanging out with you again on Tuesday. With that, nighty night. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is filmed before a live studio audience, and now our super chatter, starting with Stostube, Rama Lama, KT Sky D, Christian and Christine, and Breacher Seven. Thank you to all of our wonderful friends on the Rumble, including Larkstar and Zero Seven J Dog Twenty Eight and Fredo Awakening, and oh, another one just came in, Wart Guys, his great show, Frank, I have hope because I know who is in control. God can use Trump and often uses such flawed characters as him. So, I... 
I pray, pray, pray myself. I thank you guys. Good night. Take care. just by insider politics talk. He's not going to be beaten just by somebody who has plans. He's going to be beaten by somebody who has an idea what this man has done. This man has reached into the psyche of the American people and he's harnessed fear for political purposes. So Mr. President, if you're listening, I want you to hear me please. You have harnessed fear for political purposes and only love can cast that out. So I, sir, I have a feeling you know what you're doing. I'm going to harness love for political purposes. I will meet you on that field and, sir, love you.